Today's Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Little Bits, the easy-to-use electronic building blocks. Talking Simpsons listeners can go to trylittlebits.com slash lasertime and get $20 off your first order. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration on the Simpsons, and on this show, we always depend on the kindness of strangers. Me, me, my, mo, mo. Thank you. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot to uh, tune up before the show started. I'm your host, Bob Mackey. Who else is here today? Marlon Brando Christian. I don't know anything about this. Uh, my name is Henry. I'm playing Pablo. <laughs> my name is Bob Mahasapimapetalon. Mm-hmm. We're playing Steve. <laughs> and yes, this episode today is A Streetcar Named Marge, which aired on October 1st, 1992. Chris, what happened on this magical day in history? <gasps> It's incredible. Ross Perot announces his presidential candidacy. Roseanne is at the top of the TV ratings, and Last of the Mohicans and Disney's Mighty Ducks duke it out at the box office. Last of the Mohicans. There was a great Ben Stiller show sketch about that. The trailer for that, where he just he's just running, yeah. he keeps running. Was that the yeah. joke? It's the poster. Uh, it's that movie. I saw it. Like. I was way too young. The whole world seemed to be talking it's, about it. It has yeah, a great soundtrack. It's boring as fuck. It's a very slow movie to watch the book when you're sucks like too. 12. And, well, well, the book was written like 8 million years ago. I read 8 million year old books, though. <laughs> I know. Uh, what's what's the best 8 million year old book? Uh, I would say probably Moby uh, Asshole? The Count of Monte Cristo. Ah, yes. Yeah. It's like one of like the Alexander Dumbass. <laughs> it was one of the first Dumbass. American novels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I know uh, Mark Twain made fun of the author a lot because he's like, this guy sucks. I will show how uh, how bad I am digging into deep cultural roots because this episode was and is still very lost on me. Oh, mm. I, I, I'm pointing this out once and for all. Ross Perot, I'll never talk about him again. He's in the news constantly <laughs> throughout the rest of the year. Dude, did you remember he, during while The Simpsons was on, I think he ran a competing infomercial on NBC. He spent $40 million of his own money. That's right. And they were to roughly... To take over every channel. Yes. All the, all the three channels. It's the most Burnsian thing I've ever heard of, and That's it really right. happened with Ross I think there were, there were 20 SNL sketches and maybe 12 All That sketches about it. <laughs> well, because he kept like, now that I got you here, I got this chart here. You see this chart? Right, you see this? That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's like all him pointing at charts in like a pre-YouTube world. And he, like I, I saw him de- like a video of him debating someone. Like I said in my infomercial, like... <laughs> no one. What if no one saw that, Ross? What's their frame of reference? Poor, poor Ross Perona. Can't go to his YouTube website world. yet. Yeah, and he was able to buy those thanks to graphing calculators. We all bought them from Tetri- Tes- Texas, Texas Instruments, Instruments mm-hmm. his company. Uh, but this episode was also controversial in a way. Indeed, it was uh, um, to the city of New Orleans. Yeah, I have a little clip here from the DVD, the season four DVD. Uh, Jeff, Jeff yeah. Martin is talking about um, getting in trouble. Hi, this is Jeff Martin. I wrote this episode, and there was some controversy over this song I wrote about New Orleans. Home of pirates, trucks, and boys, New Orleans. When I started writing the song, I remembered the musical Sweeney Todd began with a song about what a lousy place London was. 
So I was just copying that, and that's all I was doing. I certainly wasn't setting out to insult New Orleans. Yeah. I, so the funny <laughs> that thing that blew is, my mind because I do. I actually have seen Sweeney Todd, yeah. not Streetcar Named Desire, the musical or nor the film. It's <laughs> it's a little more complicated than this. Mm-hmm. This controversy happened before the episode aired because really? uh, they sent these episodes out. I think probably they were the screeners. Yeah, for, the to, for affiliates. Yeah, Homer the Heretic and this one just to the press and stuff. And oh, somebody right. got a hold of this and they were offended by the song because they're stupid. They didn't understand that there was a, a musical parody. Yeah. You know? But because they only had print, they transcribed the song and printed the song <laughs> yeah. and oh, said wow. that was what it... And so you have just the lyrics on their own removed from any context. Yeah. You would think they're being pretty mean yes. to New Orleans. And just if you need further context... It's on The Simpsons, and all the songs are being sung by pieces of shit. Exactly. <laughs> no and position to judge. Fox had to issue an apology, but they have the apology passed by the screen in that DVD extra we just listened to, and it's like, we regret that you misinterpreted the joke. They yeah. didn't say, like, no, we screwed up. They're like, no, you got it wrong, and we're sorry if your feelings were hurt, but yeah. you still screwed up. So that is, That's a great non-apology. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, Bart would later write on the chalkboard, the I will episode. not offend... Yeah. Uh, yeah I, uh, no, I didn't get that clip actually. I think the fallout. There was some controversy. It was uh, an article in the paper, and I think the affiliate pulled the show or threatened to pull the show. Jamie Kellner, who was then head of Fox, uh, sent out a statement apologizing for it and saying that we didn't mean to offend. And uh, but the the whole story of it is just uh, me imitating Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> Without a dime. Beautiful singing voice of Mark. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Uh, I think Al Jean even says they were pulled for maybe a few weeks from those affiliates, yeah. but then they eventually, uh, everything was okay. That's crazy. And, and, and uh, look, if you're offended by something like that, it's probably because it's really true. You're probably a <laughs> shitty city. Oh, don't. They, <laughs> we have to feel I, do, I shouldn't go through so much. It's been 10 years. They're back. <laughs> I don't think so. No, my friends go there all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. They're doing okay? It looks beautiful. Mm. I can't wait to go. Uh, but this episode was written by Jeff Martin, who is, you know, a mega veteran of the show, one of the... One the uh, like original cast type guys of it and he wrote most of the great songs you know from the original run on the simpsons including mm-hmm. uh well he even even up to a noble spirit in biggins the smallest man yeah. that song from oh yeah uh the season seven episode. It plays over he the credits back, right yeah he yeah. came back to write that one and he did this as well and uh, it's such a uh, oh, the music's wait. so great, but let's Sorry. let's not get ahead. Of I had I had that written down that like uh, UK's Channel Four banned this episode uh, oh, over really? over the chalkboard gag because in a in a post like right after Katrina, I will not defame New Orleans. It, like someone took great oh. offense and didn't read the context of like oh. this was relating to something very specific said so twenty be years ago. Homer the Heretic was yeah there. something okay. like that. Yeah. I, I, not great timing on airing that episode. Yeah. No. But, it's just uh, odd that the UK is more sensitive to it than, than well, America. airing this one after Katrina would be similar to airing the World Trade Center one mm. at, even well. I think even like seven years after 9-11, it still felt weird. I am, yes, I've made fun of 9-11 in two different uh, pieces of content this year. <laughs> it's, I'm over it now. Well, it they, is weird that we've passed 15 years now and like kids watching YouTube videos are younger than 9-11. Like it's yeah. just, it's yeah. hard, hard for me to get my head around. Today's that. top YouTube influencers are younger than 9-11. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. But yes, uh, this episode starts off with, oh, um, oh. So isn't this the last episode Klasky Chupo episode, period. We just hit that. No, actually, this is uh, the last one produced was uh, Camp, Krusty. Camp Krusty. This, this is, is the last one we're going to see. Yeah, the last is, one aired. This is the 18th episode of the third season's production run. But in our chronology, we'll never see another Klasky Chupo This Chus- is the Chupo final episode. time in the production series that we will see Klasky Chupo. I can't believe the jump in quality from this episode and the next. It mm. is, it, I cannot. I, I, Down, let's just up. go to up. Way up. Way up. Up. Yeah. up. 
Uh, and of course, uh, geez, uh, on my never any quest to grab every single Phil Hartman line ever, this is how the episode starts. <laughs> Live from beautiful Laughlin, Nevada, it's the Miss American Girl pageant. Brought to you by Meryl Streep's versatility. Smell like Streep for cheap. Uh, that just, was the cologne that uh, I think Homer gave Marge when he hit. He got. What, yes, it's a callback to versatility. It's wow, we are looking like non-experts yes, I know. on this episode. I was like, was it when he got money from Lurleen or no? No, no, yeah. it was Lisa uh, the Greek. Yeah, Lisa, Lisa Greek. the Greek. Thank, Thank you. you. Wow, Chris. I'm rarely I'm, the person I'm to come to the table with titles. <laughs> you know, yes. you guys are out of shape right now. Yeah. Jesus. All right, yeah, it's our first record of the day. Yeah, I just think it's odd that like you can tell it's out of production order because in just two episodes, there's an entire episode about a beauty pageant. Yeah, they revisit this very soon, but like literally ten episodes later in production. Yeah, wise, yeah, but and years apart, I would imagine production. I wonder if that's why Troy McClure doesn't host the beauty mm. pageant for Lisa because, mm. like, we just did Troy hosting it. Let's let's get a local celebrity for this one. Oh, I love their local celebrities. Let's take a minute to meet our distinguished panel of judges: skincare consultant Rowena, syndicated columnist William F. George, token black panelist <laughs> Frederick Tatum, and Mr. Boswell, the man behind those infamous worst dressed lists. Mr. Boswell, can you give us a sneak peek at this year's list? Memo to Goldie Hawn. Cheerleading tryouts were 30 years ago. Let's grow up, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) He's such a bitch. (laughs) It's a very, like, gay thing for Bart to say. Yeah. This and Lisa Beauty Queen we're going to get to. There's some very gay Bart things where he's actively interested in beauty pageants and knows a lot about them. Also, I, I... Felt, Not that you have to be gay to like beauty pageants. You couldn't really hear it. It's bo- beauty pageants are boring, but yes. uh, but you couldn't really hear it in that clip. But I swear, when I watched the uh, the DVD version, that mm-hmm. when he says Dredrick Tatum's name, it feels ADR. And I think that mm. it was my theory mm. is that it was originally Mike Tyson. They're like, no, 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 just sit, call it Dredrick. Tatum. Okay, was it Dredrick Tatum's character design, or yeah, was it? Yeah. It was, but I mean, okay. it would be how they drew Mike Tyson. Yeah. Would they to draw him in that world? Mm. So. Who knows? You can't really say. Well, meanwhile, William F. George, I guess, has to be William Bu- F. Buckley, Buckley right? Yeah. yeah. And also, I love the. It was a great little bit that they're singing the Janice Ian song. Oh right, was meant for Beauty Queens, which is. I'm very sad about how yeah. sad it is. It, it's it's against Beauty Queens. I did not song, know this. But yes, and so it's funny that there's the Beauty Queens are singing that. song. They're celebrating this tragic uh, message, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So. This episode is a little was a little hard for me to watch because mm. I've said this in other ones and I'd say it again in this one that like this reminds me too much of my parents' relationship because mm. this is this is another one where like the kind of key message is like Marge kind of shouldn't be with Homer. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially they, when they have to make him as worse as he's ever been. It's you a know? bad yeah. relationship, and and just like in the uh, the the catfish one, yeah. they they don't. They don't. I, I think by the end they don't really fix it. But the opening bit of little by little, Henry. That's how it works with men like us. <laughs> the, the opening bit where Marge is telling them over, over and, and over. over again. Yeah. And where exactly are you going? I'm auditioning for a play. Well, this is the first I've heard about no. it. I told you several times. It's a musical version of a streetcar named... Excuse me, Marge. I think that if you told me, I would remember. I mean, I'm not an idiot. That, well, I thought I told you. Chase, back me up. He's right, Mom. Sorry. Match point, Homer. 
I'm sorry, honey. That's okay. We're none of us perfect. <laughs> so this See, was... that kills me because that uh, thing, I saw my dad do that 8 million times I, as a I, kid before I I've been able to do that to other girlfriends, not this one. She, very, she remembers everything. It's a very realistic passive aggression. And in I fact, know. it's so realistic yeah. that this was 25 years ago, so I don't remember the show, but a news magazine did a piece on passive aggression like it was a new really? idea. It's called passive aggression. Yeah. You could be experiencing it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they used this clip. To really? explain what it was, wow. like this is passive aggression, and these are what bad relationships look like. So now, I guess oh, it was Marge, like a new concept. I'm just gaslighting you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that so many times where my mom would repeat things over and over again. My dad wouldn't. Yeah, listen. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then later he would call her a liar for saying like I told you this. <laughs> like, no, you didn't. You never told me this. I'd remember. And it was just uh, very hostile. Yes, it's so, not like comical asshole Homer. It's realistic asshole Homer, yeah. where it's like you can see this reflected in real people. So they want like good ob- It's it's good observational stuff of Homer being a bad husband, mm-hmm. but it also is like too real and kind of tells you like, should you guys be together? Yeah. Like, I, this really doesn't seem to be great for Marge. Yeah. I, I don't What's know. she getting out of this? Marge can never pursue her dreams. She's always pulled back by Homer. Yes. Oh, uh, she pursued my dreams, which is to meet John Lovitz. Yeah. Hello. I am Llewellyn Sinclair. I have directed three plays in my career, and I have had three heart attacks. <laughs> Maybe I should have taken a nice calligraphy class. Oh, forget about it. That Mr. Takahashi's a lunatic. <laughs> Quiet. All right. I am not an easy man to work for. While directing Hats Off to Hanukkah, I reduced more than one cast member to tears. Did I expect too much from fourth graders? The review, play enjoyed by all, speaks for itself. Oh. That, that, that's my oh, line of the show. Llewellyn yeah. Sinclair. Play enjoyed by all. Please don't yeah. look at my spelling of Llewellyn. It's kind of impossible it, for me to get. I, it's a hard word to spell. I yeah. mean, it's also, I can't believe you didn't just get every Llewellyn line because yeah. Yeah. it's, it is, I think, could be his best character really? that he's done in the show. I just, they drew, they also just drew John yeah, Lovitz. It's yes. really John Lovitz. Maybe yeah. plus 100 pounds, but yeah. still. Um, a little so less hair. A little is, fatter mm-hmm. than he is. Yeah. Is John Lovitz Jewish? Uh, Lovitz is yes. a Jewish name or an Italian name? I don't know. I'll never tell. Because he hits every Jewish word like as hard as he can I when mean, he does they, these characters. They make him Jewish so much in everything they yeah. do. Even the critic, me... he was a, he was yeah. a Jew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. it makes me think that he is Jewish, or it's just Mike Reese. He's just he, chewing up. He, Lovitz is just old enough to hide both his Jewishness and homosexuality. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on, he has a gorgeous. Wife. I love women. Yeah, yeah that's the and thing. The, <laughs> they're the bee's knees. Those, those well, that's also well, that's the running joke too that Algie to Mike Reese have a long working relationship mm-hmm. with Lovitz that began on on Simpsons went into the critic mm-hmm. and he's even on the commentary for this episode which no is shit. really good yeah and uh, I kind of find it tiresome after after yeah, a bit it's like, yeah. I want to hear about the show and he's like you're gay like, <laughs> to the two head yeah. writers like were you in bed together writing this <laughs> Jeff classic Lovitz Jeff Martin's trying to say yeah this, so I was thinking of this he's like was Mike kissing Algie in the whole yes. time and he keeps but going the Stepford Wives in theaters this yes, May. Yes, he was yes. making that movie at the time. Yeah, a terrible pussy, that's movie. That's the ticket. <laughs> uh, but but he also but he also brought up uh, the funny non-reference to uh, 
Matt, Matt Grady, I want to thank you for having me here and also for, for having me on the, the Critic on an episode of The Simpsons, which made everybody happy. Yes. And then there's just a lot of knowing laughs in the room. And uh, Matt says we'll get to that, but he was not on that commentary. He didn't do that commentary. He was conspicuously no, gone. Not. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I They've done. Okay, after. Okay, never mind. I was going to say The Simpsons Meets Family Guy mm-hmm. makes that Critic episode unimpeachable. Like, mm-hmm. you can't say anything about it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's fine now. Uh, so, by the way, uh, Jasper is doing his, like, stretches his warm-ups it's pretty impressive especially yeah. for a guy who has one wooden leg yes exactly i do I, again i like radio bard a lot because it, it it used springfield as an ensemble and just like the weird cherry picking of characters from springfield to be in and around the play mm-hmm. i don't know i just it just didn't, yeah. didn't gel as good as well as radio bard to me it was sort of yeah. bummed. i mean we That's assume true. that Otto was dead but he's all over this episode yeah. in fact well, he gets like one of the last lines but it's still a season three episode that's right oh yeah, and, Duh, yeah. uh but by season four this I, is pre-auto show Otto yeah. too yeah but it, but in lisa beauty queen i have, I have the like, cast uh, list i believe well first of all Mar- let's Mar- Mar- playing bland i play an aging southern beauty who's driven to insanity by her brutish brother-in-law stanley wow my mother the actress I feel like Lucy Arnaz Luckinbill. Are there any jive-talking robots in this play? Mm, I don't think so. Bart, don't ask stupid questions. Is there any frontal nudity? No. <laughs> uh, Lucille Arnaz? Lucy Ball. I had to look at yeah. it. It's her daughter. Oh, it's really? Yeah, Luckinbill. Yeah, ah, it's her daughter. Who, like, And we just talked about on 302010, like Lucille Ball's 18th sitcom following I Love Lucy. Wow. It's almost... Yeah. Uh, again, well, someday I want to do a big thing about Lucille Ball. That woman has done too many crazy things. The first, like, real lady mogul of the movie but just She's and you have her to thank for Star Trek and Andy Griffith's show and people shooting on film mm-hmm. ah, love her. <clears throat> Lucille Ball uh, but the... and this is the rest of the cast sorry Hank oh. my name is Helen Lovejoy and I'll be playing Stella I am Apu Nahasa Pima Petilon I play Steve my <laughs> name is Atu I'm playing Pablo <laughs> Lionel Hutt's attorney at law I'm filing a class action suit against the director on behalf of everyone who was cut from the play I also play Mitch. <laughs> I'm Marge Simpson. I'll be playing Blanche. I made some peanut butter brownies for everyone. Well, would anyone else like a bite of banality? <laughs> so, an important moment. We learn of whose last yeah. name. Yeah, Nahasa Pima Petalon. I yeah, used to win a ton yeah. of trivia contests. I, I was going to say, this tryout actually nets a lot of firsts, but mm-hmm. that's the biggest one. Mm-hmm. The the setup of his name, Nahasa Pima Petalon. Does which, that, is that derived from anything? Somebody else's name? Bob, why don't you tell it? Um, I think that is, okay, so Jeff Martin wrote this episode, mm-hmm. and there was an Indian uh, boy in his gym class, I guess like an exchange student or something, mm-hmm. and I think his name was Nahasa no, Pima Petalon. It was Pahasadi Na Petalon. Pahasadi wow. Na Petalon. So the is that gym teacher, Dragon is said? Uh, right, that's, a, that's a dumb joke oh, for me Christ. only. So the gym teacher would be going down the line and he'd be saying people's names. And when he got to that, he'd be like, hey, there's my buddy. Because he didn't want to say the kid's name. So this is mm. a, his tribute to that guy, that kid. Yeah, who awesome. No one would say his name. That's awesome. So that's a, that set up his last name. But the other first in this too were getting their shirts off set up that Ned has an incredible physique, <laughs> which yeah. he still Stupid, does. Sexy Flanders. Uh, and then that Apu has bullet wounds yeah. all over his body. Like, you can see That's the right. bullet wounds. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, Otto had this big tattoo on his chest that he does not have in the auto show when he's shirtless. So he must have got, got it right after temporary that. temporary tattoo, Henry Happy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to see Jive Talking Robots, see Transformers 2. But this episode was originally going to be a straight-up performance of A Streetcar Named Desire. It's... 
I didn't even capture it. It's real long with the songs. It is, yeah. I, the reason they used, made it they made it into a musical, not just because it was funnier, it's because they couldn't get the rights to say all but a few words to that play. Wow, really? So they're like, we'll make it a, we'll make it a musical, it'll be funnier. Huh. And they but got yeah. a lot more mileage out of it. Making this into a, a like Hello Dolly style musical mm-hmm. is the mo- the silliest idea if you know the source material. I didn't uh, when I was ten. Yeah, so. I don't either. I still and, and, I know I'm not getting all the, the reference material well, from but this. Well at least you've seen a Tennessee Williams play. No our town? No. Tennessee Williams was like a drunk gay dude in the 30s in the south like he was he had a lot of depression and family issues Mm -hmm. and most of his uh plays have to do with like very put upon women who like that are getting destroyed by society or the men in their lives and and streetcar named desire is is just another one of those ones and and i think tennessee was you know working through a lot of issues in those but they were they're beautiful i uh the one I saw first. I saw the Glass Menagerie. I like mm. that one a lot. Wait, oh, yeah. I think I did read that. But it's a nice You're one. You're a dame and I'm a fella. Stanley, stop or I'll tell Stella. <laughs> so those, that's not from Streetcar Named Desire at all, which I still haven't seen. I mean, that moment is that Stanley is threatening to it is rape. Uh, uh, it just like I, yeah. I, I, I assume by now because I have gone back and revisited a ton of Brando's work and I still have not somehow seen this. I didn't love this episode growing up because I just assumed I've never seen the musical Streetcar Named Desire. I don't know why this is funny. I, and I didn't My know parents it, had to explain it. Yeah, know, I didn't like, know it wasn't a musical until like I would say the last ten years. <laughs> I, I never thought about it before. Uh, but the, the the biggest Streetcar Named Desire reference happens outside of the theater. Yes, and it, yes, oh, and at, at, at the Simpsons today. house. Yeah. Kids, I've got to go rehearse with Ned. But March. What about dessert? For God's sake, you can put a lid off your own can of pudding. Fine, <laughs> I will. <laughs> oh, no, my pudding is trapped forever. No, I can open my own can of pudding, can I? Shows what you know, Marge. Marge! <laughs> hey, Marge! Keep yelling, you big ape. Love that. Have you ever, I've never had pudding in a can like that. That's, I, I was going to point that out as probably a dated thing. Yeah, as a, as a kid in summer camp, Always like no, all never. my all my pudding had pull up like cat food lids. No way! Uh, yeah. I only had and your Vienna sausages were, were, didn't have. Well, I mean, like I had those. I'd seen. I definitely seen things in cans before, but not <laughs> all I could think of is the ring king off my pudding, pudding can. can. Yeah, they really got into pudding cans yeah. in this one. But no, I had like the snack packs and other snack packs. So uh, I mean, but wait, let's go back. Let's go <laughs> yeah. back. So Marge got cast as Blanche because he was so sad, mm-hmm. and because uh, Homer Ellen could see how sad she was because Homer was crushing her. That, that scene is so great. I couldn't cap him dive kicking the fucking vending yeah. machine. Like, uh, but, so good. But her sadness reminds me of a recent uh, tweets that went viral by uh, the creator of BoJack Horseman. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, oh. Raphael Weisberg, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, he he tweeted about how March has no friends. Oh yeah, yeah. How, I did see that. Sorry. Uh, he's like, w- was she sad when Ma died? Because we don't. Need, it's not really talked about on the show, mm-hmm. but like. She had almost no friends, and Maude was maybe yeah. the only woman she could ever even talk to. Oh, and, wow. And and then he used images of, like, Marge crying from other episodes <laughs> just to bring it down. And so she, seeing her so sad here, I was like, it really made me think back to the, the empty life that, that he painted for her. Look up those tweets, guys. It, it, it really makes you think about the shittiness of Marge's life. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to feel about that now, but I someone I was talking to somebody about it, but, like, the modern concept of the um, stay-at-home mother is pathetic to men. 
and not mm. in, in, there are certain people who do aspire to that. And we and like we look down on it, uh, and it's like I don't know. And we've we've demonized it as in, but like, well, there is that joke about uh, Marjorie the letter from school. It's like, no, homemaker is not a real job because if it was, you get paid for it. But it's like <laughs> it's totally a fucking job. Yeah. It's, it's like it's it's the only job where if you fuck up, you'll go to jail. Yeah, really. <laughs> that you also need like as much few. time as like college to prepare for, yeah. and then and then follow through with it like a career. Keep and, these things alive. That's your job. And we've been sh- and we've we, I think society spent so long shitting on it like uh well i think it's this let me as a man talk about feminism please do uh, i I just never heard that argument before that's i'm not saying i think it's a tough balance because there were definitely like you know in classic feminism or in like 70s feminism which we saw in the way we was episode Mm -hmm. yeah the idea that they were throwing off housewife as the idea of like women aren't just this women can be more than this but now they're having to balance that back with the idea of like but you can be that if you want to. Don't judge yeah. a woman if she chooses to. Mm-hmm. Like you, you shouldn't judge them for that too. You shouldn't act like oh, you chose not to be an executive. You chose to yeah. throw your life away by raising children. It's it's stupid to compare humans to animals unless you're talking about children <laughs> who suck. And like, if you think of them as animals, animals constantly have to supervise their young to keep them from being eaten and dying. Mm. And this has to happen to human children for fucking decades. Yeah, for decades, we will be oh. eaten in the wild. Uh, so. But she, it, Marge could have hung out with uh, Sinclair's sister. Maggie is allergic to strained pears, and she likes a bottle of warm milk before nap time. A bottle? (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Simpson, do you know what a baby's saying when she reaches for a bottle? Baba? She's saying, I am a leech. (laughs) Our aim here is to develop the bottle within. That sounds awfully harsh. The Ayn Rand daycare Dick. is like one of those great high concept Simpsons wow. jokes that just comes out of nowhere and is so smart you need to take time to think about it. Yeah. Like, it would be a decade. Before I don't think I, I get it. Same here. I don't get well, it. Well, you played Bioshock. You know sure. what objectivism is. Yes. Ayn Rand school. Yeah. Ayn Rand. Fountainhead. I've even read part of Fountainhead. Yeah. And like, we have the, to nurture the bottle within. <laughs> I mean, a Fountainhead is at least the easiest one to read mm-hmm. because it's about. It's not about business. It's about the art uh, of architecture. Please don't not, read any of these books, by the no, way. No, no. Like, You've got lots of time, but you've only got so much time in your life. Don't spend it reading Iron Man. But. Watch the three-part Atlas Shrug movie, and Oof. you'll uh, you'll have I'll a lot say, of fun. I'll say read the books, but don't do it when you're in college, because you'll be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say the Fountainhead movie with Gregory Peck, that's all right. Oh, Gregory right. Peck is great. Yeah. I remember Fountainhead. But, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, the, the, so <laughs> That's great. these Ayn Rand jokes about you know that I am a leech. Mm-hmm. There's signs up on the wall that say A, a is A. a yeah. Like they just didn't the, get that. Those but, at all. But that would, by the way, that would wouldn't it kill a baby to not drink from a bottle? Like how how do the babies drink anything? They got to find their own titties, bottle? man. Let the, them forge. The strongest baby will win, Henry. The yeah. rest are all leeches who will die uh, and not but, drag down capitalism. And I didn't even know A is A was an objectivist like uh, quote. I still don't until a few year uh, until about no seven years ago when I really. I decided to read the later works of Steve Ditko. Which mm-hmm. th- Steve Ditko is a comic book artist who co-created most Spider-Man. famously co-created Spider-Man, mm-hmm. pretty much sole creator on Doctor Strange, a bunch of other heroes. But in the set, but he was also a big time Randian. Mm-hmm. And when he quit corporate comics and started doing his own comics, he went hardcore, just like. It's time to make a comic book that will explain objectivism to children. Is and they'll it? understand. And so he created the character Mr. A, oh, who right. yeah. 
who, if you like Rorschach and Watchmen, that's Oof. Mr. A. Uh-huh. He, Alan Moore is very clear that Rorschach is Mr. A. Wow. And so Mr. A is just a guy in a mask and a, and a suit who goes around and telling people the world is black and white. You're either good or you're evil. You choose one of those. <laughs> to make or this really easy to categorize. Life. He's, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm Mr. A, and A is A. There's no gray to this. <laughs> a is A. And so... That is where I had first heard that. Uh, is the is the Maggie's daycare? Was this the same daycare she went to in that uh, the one and only theatrical the longest short film? daycare? The longest 2012's daycare. Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated. No, it was not the okay. same one because it was it was just about uh, Gerald. No, I, I, I Gerald. read some trivia, scrubbed through looking for it, but the babe these the sequences in the in the daycare are so good. They yeah. are great. They're also a Rugrats episode. Well, they they, are. It's a parody of The Great Escape, starring yes. Steve McQueen. That's a great uh, movie. It's an uh, awesome movie. Though I, it's weird that. It's like it's the Great Escape, and then it's the bird. Yeah, like, it's not a yeah. clear through. Line. It's, it's not a, the bird's joke is worth it though. Oh, it, it is. the bird's joke is. But like, have they ever done that before? They're doing a Hitchcock joke, and again, as a kid, absolutely don't get it. And nope. then Hitchcock walks by. Yes. Like I've never <laughs> seen them do that before. It's a great caricature too. It, but like, if you don't know, because like I think at the time I was watching Alfred Hitchcock presents, but I hadn't seen the birds, and I'm like, why did Hitchcock just walk by? It's, yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. But again, most was, kids will not be like me watching Alfred Hitchcock I was, presents. I was watching Alfred Hitchcock presents on Nick at Night as well because <laughs> it was one of those things that kind of you know you could keep watching Nickelodeon into Nick at Night yeah. and it'd be one of your first things and. Alfred Hitchcock is such an interesting guy, and then you'd watch for I'd watch for ten minutes of the plot of the episode. Like, uh, this is boring me now. A murder except, mystery. The again, only reason to watch Alfred Hitchcock presents one. is his intros. They're yeah. fantastic. He's, and like he's hilarious. Very, like he's like the crypt keeper on Ambient, yeah. kind of like. Hello. And then and then you watch uh, Twilight Zone. I'm like, oh, I'll never go back. <laughs> yeah, I don't need Twilight Zone so much more. I don't need this more. The Simpsons will be right back. Hello, Talking Simpsons listeners. Unky Herb is really onto something, don't you think? That baby translator? Who knows how that's going to pan out? That could change the world. Do you have an inventor in your life? Good, because this episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Little Bits. You know what Little Bits are? Little Bits are the easy-to-use, color-coded magnetic blocks that are basically like Legos that come to life in the form of inventions. Do you have a little inventor in your life? A DIYer musician? Do you like Legos and wish they did more? Then maybe you could give Little Bits a try, and I'm only mentioning that because Little Bits has an offer just for Talking Simpsons listeners. You can go to trylittlebits.com slash lasertime and get $20 off your first order. You can get started with a base kit and just, and like Legos just continue adding components at your leisure. You can build robots, bubble blowers, pinball games, and it's kind of only limited to what you can think of. There's a kid on the website who made a, a keyboard out of a banana. Little Bits has received rewards from parent groups and tech places like Popular Mechanics, uh, and guess what? They also have uh, further discounts for educators who want to put, put them in their classroom. So if you have someone in your life who you think might like Little Bits, maybe you should give it a shot. Little Bits' mission is to empower the next generation to have creative confidence and curiosity to ask why and build their own stuff the unky herbs in our life and once again Talking Simpsons listeners can go to trylittlebits.com slash laser time and get $20 off your first order you like laser time shows then you might like bonus time laser time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time here's a taste of what you've been missing Additional 9-11 stories. I don't. I, I do but have I, a center. I mean, you know, I'd lived in New York at the time, mm-hmm. and just, like, the aftermath of things that day, like, I remember I worked at uh, GameStop at the time, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I gotta be with people. 
I'm going to like just hang out with my coworkers, and we yeah. did have that kind of like we got to get them vibe that whole day. One of the weirdest, like I don't think this is another. This is a thing I've never said out loud, oh. but like after I'd gotten home from GameStop, just walking around the house and like looked out the window and I saw my cross the street and like one door over neighbor getting home from work. His wife runs out, and it's like such a Hollywood thing where like they just embrace for like. You know, like a good like two minutes, wow. and now, here I am like staring out at them like a creep. This is like, your stand by me, dear moment. Kind of. Yeah, I was just like, this is so nice, it, and it's a shame that I have to masturbate to this. Thing. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly full length, uncensored, and ad free Patreon exclusive podcast, as well as weekly full length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreoncom time starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. So the Great Escape, real quick. I but, mean, oh. Maggie is playing the Steve McQueen role, yes. the Cooler King. It's a great movie. My my recommendation is watch the movie, turn it off when they escape, because the whole movie, two hours of it, <laughs> is like they're getting ready. All these lovable yeah. characters, they're planning their escape. They do it. Jails the Benson. last half hour is them all getting killed, getting murdered. And yeah. I'm like, this sucks. Like, yeah, yeah. I love these characters. Just end it after they escape. It's great. But the movie, the movie holds up. It's awesome, by the way. So yeah, please Bob, watch life, it. Is, life is about the mixture of success and failure. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, do you know World War Two ended? So I, I did. This is the last episode. Uh, made by Klasky Chupo, and they are in the process of making Rugrats at this point in the Simpsons production. And the, there is in the trivia. I make my that, own great escape, Chris. That, that you can see you can see Tommy Pickles in the nursery. Oh. I tried my best, and no, you can't. There might have been a baby with a blue shirt and a diaper. I mean, I guess, but like yeah. it, 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 it Tommy am, Pickles is way too distinctive to pop up. In that group of babies. I am positive Rugrats was being produced at the time of this episode. Me too. Because this was 92, Rugrats premiered, premiered a year earlier, rather, and then, yeah, it had to be in production at the mm-hmm. same time. First yeah. season, second season, probably. So that's the rumor, and, like, again, all, man, all all the depressing oh, transfers of these episodes, it's so oh, wait, ugly. I thought, uh, wait, I thought Rug. oh, no, you're right, yeah, it was a year earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Rugrats, uh, year, yeah. doesn't it premiere? It was 91. 91. August 91. With, Stimpy, yeah. with Rand Stimpy and, and Doug. Just turned 25. The Great Escape stuff is it is fun, yeah. but it's there's no good quotes from it. Cause yeah, it's just yeah. That, there's no clips from it. If I break, buy a new one. Just that did, was did, good. Did, did, did. Just that's uh, that music. But Homer's, that, I don't know. I haven't. Homer would. Uh, so, what time does this place oh, start? This is also Why? too real. Are you going? Well, I gotta go, don't I? I'm sure you won't enjoy it. There's nothing about bowling in the play. Oh, wait, there is. <laughs> Probably not much of it. Why can't you be a little more supportive? Because <laughs> I don't care, okay? <laughs> I can't fake an interest in this, and I'm an expert at faking an interest in your kooky project. What kooky project? You know, the painting class, the first aid course, the whole homage thing. Why didn't you tell me you felt this way? You know I would never do anything to hurt your feelings. Oh. I got. I think I got to give that Ugh. one to the show. It's really harsh, but just it's not even. Perfect. It's like so insidiously yeah. cruel, just yeah. like twisting the knife and See, poor again, Marge. That's too. That's too real for me. Like I know yeah. it. My dad didn't say that specific things, but he did make it clear. Like as a favor to you, I'll go to these things that I'll that wow, I really? make sure you know I hate. Like yeah. well, because my mom was really is really big into a uh, community band like mm-hmm. playing in playing in bands with with other band geeks self-declared band geeks mm-hmm. like her who love who just love playing they could they don't do it professionally but they loved they learned it in high school they still love playing music today and so you know she joined those and, and started doing concerts and 
And, uh, you know, none of us would really go to it because of, we, we, we get bored. We were kids. But my, my dad made it clear, like, he didn't even like her going off to practice. And mm. he didn't like her not being there. I can see the parallels here, Henry, and, and why you so, might not like this episode. And so, yeah, and this was happening at this time in my life. Like, so <laughs> he was very much like, oh, why are you going off to do this thing? You should be here. Uh, this thing's stupid. I guess I'll go. Like, so, I don't know. This is really hard. This episode feel, is harder for me than No, I you're right, Henry. I mean, I don't, I wasn't there during your childhood, but like Homer's cruelty <laughs> feels less like visceral and less like a reaction to something and more like calculated and like mm-hmm. he's thinking well, about comedy. ways to hurt her. Yeah, it's I mean, not his stupid insensitivity though. Like that thing was the closest to it of just like, I'd never do anything to hurt your feelings. Yes. But it does show that he really like his, him saying like, I just don't care. Uh-huh. Like that's just mean. I mean, it's effective. It reminds yeah. me of uh, the scene in Lisa Substitute when he's saying it, like pretty much the same thing. Like, just because I don't care yeah, doesn't yeah. mean I don't understand. That is. Like the uh, meanest thing he's ever said yeah. Yeah. to his daughter. Now, I do love him playing Game Boy in bed. What like, the that fuck? Was, that was great A talking Game Boy, no less. Yeah. yeah. Thunderball, yeah. Seven, ten, split. Uh, we just did, in the, the, we did a season three recap episode for, Patreon, uh, uh, for our Patreon people who got the show started at, at Patreon. patreon.com slash laser time. Yeah, and we, I've been there. We just, we discussed how weird it was. There's a commercial for games, uh, the games of this period. We actually did a stream of that on YouTube, the 1992 games of crusty name checking consoles. And the Simpsons was never specific with its video game consoles. No, but this you, is very specifically a Game Boy. If you had a device that could display an image in 1992, you could play Krusty's Funhouse. <laughs> if your toaster had a screen, you could blow boot it up on Ross there. Ross Perot's Texas Instruments could have emulated it. And also, the, another line that just kind of hurt me instead of made me laugh was when Marge said she didn't understand stabbing Stanley, and she's like, "Couldn't she just take his abuse with gentle good humor?" <laughs> I wrote that line it's down. Like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Ouch. And what finally puts her over the edge is when she can she can. See see Ned as Stanley yeah. as Homer yeah. and then stab him and actually overpower him. She's so full You're of rage. You're supposed to overpower her, Ned. I'm and trying. I, why are they using real glass? Him later, <laughs> yeah, they, they should be using sugar glass and not real yeah. glass. So one thing I wanted to point out, this is a Streetcar Named Desire parody. I feel like in the early 90s, there were lots of Streetcar references. There's probably there? some in like Tiny Toons. There's one in yeah. Seinfeld I can think of when Elaine is hopped up on back pain. Sorry, ba- ba- Exactly. Sorry, yeah. back pain pills. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's another one of these. Smithers. Smithers. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that you think that's all a streetcar reference? Well, that's well, yeah, it's a streetcar. Okay. That flashback actually starts as a cat on a hot tin roof. Exactly, one, yeah. And then becomes, which is another uh, Tennessee Williams. It's all over the Williams oeuvre. <laughs> yes, yeah. And in that one, in the play, it's much more obvious in mm-hmm. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof that Paul Newman is gay, but in the film, they kind of lighten it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think they censor a lot of the stuff from the plays. Yeah, well, then again, in the play, too, they censor it some in the film that. You can infer that Stanley uh, assaults yeah. uh, Blanche, but they make it a bit more clear in the stage. There ought to be a law. <laughs> yeah, but so the the yeah the build up to it was was great, and then mm-hmm. when you finally get the play, oh, we get the pre play speech though. Oh, yes. Perhaps we are all a little mad, we who don the cap and bells and tread beneath the proscenium arch, but tonight. You will all be transformed from dead-eyed suburbanites into white-hot grease fires of pure entertainment. Except you, you're not working out. I'll be playing your part. 
drag. <laughs> he is dressed like Pablo. <laughs> so you, you can tell? I mean, he is wearing like the bandana and everything and the earrings. So like Jeff Martin wrote this episode. Uh, this this play is called O oh Streetcar. Mm-hmm. He wanted to call it Hello Trolley, <laughs> which I like more. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh. it is more in the style of old older musicals like Hello Dolly, not, mm-hmm. the, not the more modern Sondheim. Which you might know from style. Wally. Yes, mm-hmm. I know Hello Dolly because Freakazoid did an eight minute parody of it. The wow. Because greatest. they threw all this money at something that no one could possibly get, and that's oh. why I love it. It was so beautiful. Yes, I, Hello Lobby, I think it was called. Hello Lobby. Really? Like, yeah. the scene keeps going. He like, turns like, into Louis Armstrong. It's like, uh, it can't keep going, can it? Nope, yeah. keeps going, keeps going. It was Using, beautiful. like, Ghibli animators. I, I, oh, again, I, you guys, uh, we talked earlier that, like, I really didn't like this episode, mm. even on rewatching it now, because I don't get this. These musical numbers don't make any <laughs> sense to me. So I didn't even capture them, except uh, the Need song. Yes, I love it. Stella! <laughs> Can't you hear me, Ella? You're putting me through hell. Stella! Stella! So, Henry, you're a big musical head, right? Yeah. This is more of an Android Lloyd Webber kind of sounding I mean, piece, it's right? It's all over the place. It's like a 70s ish. That bit there felt very like Jesus Christ Superstar yeah, to me, like a rock opera kind of thing. And then also the special effects of of Blanche flying around with the lasers. That's very, that felt <laughs> Joseph like... Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Raincoat. Yeah, it yeah. did feel like an Andrew Lloyd Webber type thing. Well, But the opening song is very Sondheim-y, and then mm-hmm. the end song is very Hello, Dolly. Uh, and although the Paperboy song, that's my favorite one, because yes. it's just a quick aside. This and, is, okay, I have to talk about this. It's so great. They waste 90 seconds on this inconsequential character and his inconsequential song, Apu. Yeah. And it's done with a very complicated animation technique where Apu is not moving, but it is literally a, a minute plus shot. So the, the more a shot lasts in animation, the more yeah. risk there is and there yeah. being a mistake. So it's just one shot of a slow zoom on Apu as he's singing for that entire song. Really? It's pretty amazing if you watch it, yeah. They, like, they pulled it off. Yeah. Like, they got a big ups to Klasky Chupo and their Korean uh, partners there. Rough draft? No, rough draft wasn't open at that They point. put so much work into this episode, they got their own pilot idea. Out of it. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, as a kid, I objected to hearing Ned's sing hell because i was like no the ned flanders i know would not <laughs> sing hell even in character well we he learned that he cross-dressed in uh in well, his boys so school he went to an all boys yeah. school but why would a christian all boys school do a <laughs> tennessee williams play unless their drama teacher was like a closeted gay man who snuck it on there which you i love your headcanon like, henry this is I, great <laughs> hey i should be a writer uh and and did you guys catch the very under the radar Citizen Kane reference yes. during this sequence too. Only now. Wait, uh, which one was it? I know I caught Jedediah it. Jedediah Leland it. During, uh, during Charles the, Foster Kane's during his wives, second wives opera. opera. Oh yeah, when he was tearing up the he yeah, tore the apart playlet. the playbill yeah. and, uh, and, and flipped, flipped it, it over. It's he's so, so specific. I just hat goes off to whoever did that reference. Yeah. Yeah. Like Homer does it during the play. He tears up the program and is flipping it over, which is why Marge, Marge thinks he's Homer bored. Is bored and not paying because it. they're referencing a scene where a character is bored. Yeah, uh, it's uh, so it confuses it's the so audience. Specific and I love that it. It was something that. that only hit me when I finally, when I like the second time I saw Citizen Kane, and yeah. then this this episode I was like. Oh, that Homer thing! I now watch Citizen Kane like once a year, so it hit me really hard now. Uh, And then it all leads to the final, the the ending confrontation between Marge and Homer at the end. Because Marge is looking out and thinking Homer is bored to tears, not interested in her extracurricular activities. Let me tell you guys, by the way, the message of Streetcar Named Desire is not that a stranger is a friend you haven't met. That's not the actual theme of the 
But the song it, is so counter song. to the actual ending where she's carried away and put in the movie. Now here's a tip for Blanche you won't regret. Yeah. That's right. Is, do we know who wrote the music? Was it just it was Jeff Martin? Jeff Martin. Jeff Martin. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. He did the lyrics. Uh, I mean, Clausen worked on. Like sure. he did the orchestration too. Uh, but it, it all leads up to the end, which I thought. I don't know. It. I understand you not liking it, Henry. The, the ending is a little beautiful, but I, I love. Think so. I get it. I get it. But hey, look at me. I'm Blanche. <laughs> That's that. I think that was supposed to be my line of the that's show. Hey, look at me! I'm Blanche Dubois. <laughs> I like that. That's what Bart got out of the play. Like she can fly. It's like uh, no Bart. It's a symbol for her madness. That's such a good show. That's, that's what you know. Kids do when they come out of stuff that yeah. excites them. Like uh, look at let's me. That's best me. line jingle. All right, all right. That's the. Hey, look at me! I'm Blanche Dubois. <laughs> all right, there we got yeah, it. Yeah, it's official. But I did think this was kind of sweet. Just be- I mean, I'm not from Marge's perspective, but like. That Homer is capable of some kind of growth and empathy. Yeah, yeah he does get it. But he can't do it in his own life. My uh, dad didn't do this. This part Ed, didn't wait in the car. I want to talk to your mother about this play thing. Looking for a spot to fun with the Mrs. A, Governor? Shut up, boy. Marge, <laughs> you were terrific. Oh, come on, Homer. By the end, you were so bored you could barely keep your selfish head up. I wasn't bored. I was sad. It really got to me how that lady here... Um... <laughs> You know which one I mean. You played her. Blanche. Yeah. How Blanche was sad. and How that guy Stanley should have been nice to her. Yeah? Go on. I mean, it made me feel bad. The poor thing ends up being hauled to the nut house when all she needed was for that big slob to show her some respect. Well, at least that's what I thought. I have a history of missing a point of stuff like this. No, Homer, you got it just right. You're, you really hear Dan Castellaneta's Chicago accent come out yeah. with sincere hope, like, that's sad. It's bad. That's, that's true, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think the moral my dad would have come to at the end of that is that everybody misunderstands Stanley. And that <laughs> I told you I wouldn't like it. And that everybody else is wrong. <laughs> it's it's kind of tragic, though, that Homer can only get this message through entertainment and not through, like, listening I, to his wife and having other people talk to him about what's happening. Every year like, I come closer to not being exactly that. Like, and that's why I love movies and stories, because I can realize things that I can't see that are right in front of me played out in real time. They hold a twisted mirror up to your life and say, take a look no, at this. No, I think it's... I I've always thought that is the point of media. That's why I do all this stuff. Is that that, that it's just this consolidated state of empathy when you see things in story formation? Yeah. And, and no, at- I I love the Roger Ebert quote. Mm-hmm. It says that films are a machine for empathy. Yeah, I believe is the is how it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't always have to be escapism. It's just it's answers that you can't you just can't see. True, you but still, Homer will be back to being an asshole with the next sure, episode. Sure, that's <laughs> also why I feel like it's unearned. It's like and Homer learned his lesson. Next episode, fuck everybody. I'm the most selfish guy in the world. I feel like a Merkin era show would have that message in it. Like, yeah. what was that again? What was that play about again? I forgot. Like on the uh, way home or something like that. Yeah, or well, I mean, in the Merkin era, they would have the flash forward to Homer and Flanders being enemies again <laughs> next week the on the Simpsons yeah. yeah so they weren't yet at that level of menace mm. of knowing that they'd undercut their own message that's true so yes that was talking Simpsons everybody that was a streetcar named Marge a great episode with some great songs Not I love that last song it's, it's always <laughs> in my close head out with it yeah. oh let's do that yes it. I've been your host Bob Mackey you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo you can listen to my other podcast Retronauts it's a classic gaming podcast yeah. comes out every Monday it's great and I also write for usgamer.net and somethingawful.com Henry where can we find you I 
I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Follow me there, everybody. But also, you should follow my work on Fandom.com, where I'm the senior games editor. But I write about tons of stuff there. And also, I'm part still of the Laser Time podcasting yes, family. You are. Both I, of you are on uh, a two-part, a rare two-part oh, Laser yes. Time. Oh, um, wow. That one's been in the, uh, the, the fridge for a little while. No need to re- pull the curtain back, Henry. <laughs> okay. I forgot all my hilarious jokes I said. <laughs> It'll be brand new. You can hear them at LaserTimePodcast.com, where both of these fools, Bob Mackey and Henry Gilbert, uh, they share a Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, where they, we talk about what the live cartoon adaptations of live action movies. There are so many. There are you so don't know most many. of them. I'm going to say I didn't. Yeah, and uh, and also again. Patreon.com slash laser time. It's where you're going to find the entire first season of Talking Simpsons and our most recent season three wrap up. Season three wrap up. And we talked what we spoiler if you haven't heard it. What we talked about. Uh, I brought up this amazing clip uh, of the Simpsons meeting Oprah. Oprah coming to the Simpsons yes. house. It's fully animated, written and voiced. And I want to say animated, but I can't be sure about that. It's not reused animation. It doesn't look reused. Oh, it's, it's all original, new. yeah. It's, I and, think it's and the world has never—it's never been on Simpsons DVDs. Oprah has never had any DVDs, as far as I know. Uh, and it, it's from the Oprah Show, and, and it's you can, crazy. You can hear thirty seconds of the Simpsons on Sesame Street. It's true. Yeah, and you can, but you can see it on our YouTube channel. And in honor of the season uh, three wrap up, we just decided to stream all of the Simpsons nineteen ninety two games <laughs> and all. Terrible, abysmal. <laughs> I cannot believe it was, I... there's a situation where Krusty's Super Funhouse stands aloft as the best game. I don't like that reality. Yeah, but I, do the, I do have the Bart vs. the Juggernaut it's soundtrack. The worst, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that. Dunk it, dunk yes. it. It's, it's, oh, it's so awful. It's, it's on our so YouTube bad. channel. As I made a reference to, I, I worked really hard on uh, Adam Sandler Loves Food, a salute to product placement. If you like making fun of Adam Sandler and Little Nicky and calling out products, you will love the video, which is just all the sizzle every time he's held up a product, eating it, and... Uh, Recommended it in one of his films. It's really a smoking gun, Chris. Yeah, we're yeah. going to bring down Big Sandler. Well, it's it's odd that it's you know it's on our you we're using it to promote ourselves, uh, <laughs> yeah. making fun of Adam Sandler. Take him down, and it, all it did was make me love Adam Sandler <laughs> as a businessman. No, as, as like uh, those early movies, man, real fun, real well, fun. He has fun. not been on The Simpsons yet, has he? No, no, that's he is surprising. Not. Man, that is weird. Yeah. Well, that's it for us this week, everybody. We'll be back next week when Homer loses his faith. See you then. Whoever you are. I have always depended on the kindness of strangers. You can always depend on the kindness of strangers to pluck up your spirit and shield you from dangers. Now here's a tip from Brent you won't regret. Our strangers just a friend you haven't met. You haven't met. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.